0: On this Friday, I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Only True Democracy in Talk. Very excited to have with us today Mr. Tom Conway. Mr. Conway is president of the United Steelworkers, the USW. Elected by the International Executive Board to succeed retiring international president, Leo Gerard. You all know Leo, President Gerard and he was elected as leader of the United Steelworkers the largest industrial union in North America that became effective last summer in July of 2019 now previously Mr. Conway served as international vice president a position he held since March of 2005 was reelected to that position four separate times and during his 14 year tenure as international vice president he became the union's most experienced contract negotiator in steel aluminum oil and other major industries where USW members work, and often directed bargaining during crises. He is a United States Air Force veteran. He grew up in a union family in New Jersey, His father was an active member of the International Union of Operating Engineers, and his mother worked in a brush factory where she successfully organized a union and negotiated labor contracts as well. He's been on the show many times over the past decade. Last time was this uh, past October, always a force in advocating for the working men and women of America, more than a pleasure to have with us president conway president of the usw president conway thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule on this friday especially sir and thank you for joining us
1: oh Leslie, it's good to be back thanks for having me
0: president conway a lot of people look at what's happening in washington and think that the house and the senate are just working on impeachment but the house in the past year has passed bills, a lot of bills, and specifically bills that would help U.S. workers. I want to talk about some of those bills, but I also want to talk about the graveyard that House Democrats, who have the majority in the House, speak of when they talk about where the bills that the House passes end up in the Senate under the authority of Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Um, He, as leader, has done nothing on this Senate. This uh, Senate is not only a do-nothing, wants everyone to think impeachment is the only thing going on in D.C. Senate, but they're an anti-worker Senate. And I think that's very clear by these bills that have been passed, specifically these bills that would help U.S. workers. Uh, So let's talk about some of those. Um, The Butch Lewis Act, uh, for example, Uh, let's just start with that off the top of the list.
1: Look, there there are a lot of – I mean, first of all, the House – has passed 400 bills, and I think people don't recognize that, and they think all they're doing is working on impeachment. But significant amount of legislation has gone over to the Senate, and it just dies there. It never gets a hearing. It doesn't see the light of day. And it's important legislation. and And I understand people are frustrated with what they perceive as Washington and nothing can come out of it, but it's really... One stop here. It gets held up by McConnell. It doesn't get scheduled, and and things like the Butch Lewis Act. So, so you, what's important to Americans are are sort of health care, pensions. There's a pension problem in the country, and there's a there's a plan out there that could really give these pension plans the life they need to get healthy, and to um and to do that without using taxpayer dollars to float them alone and and let these pensions heal themselves. and it's called the Butch Lewis Act. and it's not it's not a bailout in the sense that that we bailed out the banks or tarp. This is about giving you know pension funds who've got in trouble for that period of time during this great recession and haven't been able to necessarily grow out of it and to give them a low interest loan, and let them fix themselves without having to reach out and hurt current pensioners. And it's a thoughtfully done, and it's a smart piece of legislation, and the House has passed it, and it sits over there in the Senate. And instead, the Senate has come up with ways, and they've put forward a bill out of Grassley to penalize retirees, to strip them of their money, to to put premiums on these plans that will just continue to spiral down and and cause the plans to be in deeper trouble. So, I mean, there are a lot of folks out there, really about a, a, more than a million, a million three hundred thousand people, you know, 260,000 in our own union, who depend on these plans. This, and this Butch Lewis Act is a good solution that has arrived, been arrived at sort of in a bipartisan way, um, those who understand pensions, you know, in all their detail and all the nuance, have put this forward as, as a good solution. But it's it's laying there in the Senate. It's going nowhere. And and Americans, you know, have a right to know that once something goes over to that side, nothing happens. They typically by now, a Congress will have passed maybe 300 bills, 300 to 500 bills. This Senate has passed 70 bills, and 10 of those have been things like how to name a post office. It, it, it's just they, they're doing nothing. And this week they're complaining about having to sit in a chair uh, and listen to the same story. So it's a frustrating thing to, to deal with the Senate, and, and particularly Leader McConnell.
0: I agree. And I'm confused because when you look at a politician, and it's sad, so many politicians out there today, and I see especially in the Republican Party, but in both Democrat and Republican Party, a lot of these people don't want to lose their jobs when they're up for reelection, whether they're in the House or the Senate. So let's take the Senate, right? Senate's Republican majority. When you just look at, as you mentioned so rightfully, uh, President Conway, uh, people care about health care. People care about jobs. People care about having secure jobs, making a decent wage, increasing minimum wage, uh, having a pension or securing and having security for the pension that they've already worked hard to pay into. Those are the things that people care about much more uh, than impeachment and and much more than some of the frivolous items that we've seen uh, put forth, especially uh, by those in Leader McConnell's party. But the Butch-Lewis Act would enable the federal government to help save the pensions of approximately 1.3 million hardworking Americans. And if politicians know nothing else, union workers vote. Why wouldn't Republicans want to help these workers and, and, and come out as champions? Because... You know, union workers vote for both Democrats and Republicans. You know, unions aren't just, you know, for the Democrats. And I don't understand why Republicans would poo-poo pensions when they can help save about 1.3 million hardworking Americans' pensions. This should be a no-brainer, bipartisan, a- a- agreed act to pass the Butch Lewis Act. Why do you think that Republicans don't seem to care about not, the, not only these pensions, these, specifically these hardworking Americans and their
1: votes? Look, fundamentally, I don't think they care about working people. I think it is a party that is generally concerned with the rich, with sort of making sure that well-moneyed people are taken care of. If you're in this business of being a politician and you're a senator and you're in that millionaires club, every day when you go to work, you've got to spend a couple hours raising a lot of money and filling your coffers, and being able to finance your campaigns and keep your job. And you're not calling someone who's relying on their pension to to stay alive and to live decently. You're calling people with a lot of money who don't like paying pensions and who who work hard about trying to strip them away from Americans. So this is as simple as sort of follow the money. And when you have a a campaign finance system that's as corrupted as America's is with things like Citizens United and that sort of power and that sort of voice, and, and that money comes from the constant stripping of defined benefit plans and defined contribution plans and trying to take America's pension earnings away from them, and it goes on every day in this country those are the people you're going to to ask for a contribution to your fund and so they' they're not going to be excited if you pass a law that that gives money to those pensioners that they've worked hard to strip it away from and and it's it's sad but but I think that is fundamentally the difference um, in the parties and 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 it's a, it's a shame that that party has slid to that place and where it stands right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, because when you look at the Bush-Lewis Act enabling the federal government to help save the pensions of over a million uh, hardworking Americans, Americans deserve the Senate to at least take a vote on the bill, and they're not even doing that. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with President Conway, and we're going to come back uh, with more information on what's not being done, what's held up in that graveyard in the Senate, all under the guise and leadership of Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Tom Conway, president of the United Steelworkers, the USW, is our guest. Check out their website, usw.org, on Twitter, at Steelworkers, on Instagram as well, at Steelworkers. Back with him, back with you right after this. We are back with the president of the United Steelworkers, and I'm glad that you are tuned in today to listen to President Tom Conway. We're talking about very important issues. Before the break, we touched upon the Butch Lewis Act, but there are other bills that are part of a large slate of bills that would help U.S. workers that are just stuck in the Senate, and not just stuck there— not even being voted on. Thank you for holding, President Conway. Welcome back. Uh, Let's go from Butch Lewis to the Workplace Violence Prevention for Healthcare and Social Service Workers Act. Tell us a bit about that and what's going on there. The title alone sounds like a no-brainer and something that should be voted on and that would impact so many. That is beneficial, if nothing else, politically uh, to Republicans.
1: This is this is really just sort of a common sense law, and employers ought to be doing this as just the course of the normal course of their business. But but healthcare is a growing industry, and it's a growing industry because the baby boom is aging. It's growing in a lot of areas, and and we have a lot of people working in the healthcare industry and in nursing home industries, and in our union. You know, tens of thousands of of healthcare workers, but but one of the things that's sort of not known very well, unless you are a family member or in this industry, is there's a lot of violence that goes on. So if you're a nurse or a nurses aide or a respiratory technician, or you're regularly in a hospital or around the emergency room, it's not uncommon to be accosted, to to be hit, to be punched in the face to have violence on you. You're dealing a lot of times with drug issues. You're dealing with mental health issues. You're dealing with irate patients or irate family members. And so the incidence of violence that takes place in the healthcare setting is really very surprising, and people don't often think about it. And so we're just simply saying in this law, Employers need to be mandated to have some sort of a system in place, some sort of a prevention act, some security to make sure that if things are going bad in the emergency room at midnight or 1 in the morning, that there's someone there to help those workers, in many cases predominantly female workers, who are dealing with, you know, out-of-control people. And so, um, you know, if, if you're a triage nurse sitting there, Taking a patient in, you know, you don't need to get punched in the face, and you don't need to get accosted and bit and screamed at and spit on, and, and that goes on regularly in America's hospitals and, and settings where health care is delivered. So we don't think this law ought to be a problem for anybody to pass or for an employer to implement.
0: Yeah, this is something that should already have been done. Amazing that we're talking about it being done in, in 2020 now, uh, requiring employers in the health care and social service fields to implement violence prevention plans. Uh, it, it just amazing, especially when there are people with mental illness, uh, there are people that have drug or alcohol uh, abuse issues. Uh, the other thing here that makes me scratch my head is this bill is a bipartisan-sponsored bill. Introduced by Joe Courtney, the Democrat from Connecticut, uh, directing the Secretary of Labor to issue the Occupational Safety and Health Standard that requires health care and social security industry employers, as you mentioned, to develop and implement comprehensive workplace violence prevention plans. Do you think this is part of what you had said earlier of uh, Republicans and Mitch McConnell, especially as leader, House uh, Speaker uh, in the, in the uh, Senate? Um, Senate Majority Leader, do do you feel this is part of them again, just not caring about uh, workers? Be, be, because again, this is just common sense and avoids so many other issues uh, in the in the workplace and with regard to health care uh, for not just the patient, but employers and medical professionals as well.
1: Look, it's it's hard to think. No one wants to think about this. A senator in that chamber being anti-worker. And so I don't think they think of themselves as anti-worker. They just don't care. And so bills about workers, bills about dealing with these sort of things, they just don't get much attention. And no one over there is sort of clamoring to take it up. I mean, there's a handful of senators who are reliable, who always move forward, that you know they're with you. and, And um but on the other on that party who now has control of that Senate, it's just not a, a, a priority for them to do something to just simply help workers and, and um and this one really is in particular was bipartisan in the House. It ought to be easily dealt with in the Senate as just a matter of course. And simply say to employers, figure out a plan. Don't just walk away when you have employees in trouble or or problems, you have a responsibility in the workplace to make sure that people are as safe as you can, they can be. I mean, you can't control every event that's going to go on, but you ought to be aware that they're going to go on and be prepared to deal with them when it happens.
0: Uh, a- absolutely. And again, you know, when you talk about no brainers. Looking just at the stats, workplace violence is the third leading cause of death on the job, and healthcare and social service workers are among the most vulnerable. And since 2012, violence in the industry has increased by 30%. Uh, percent. You know, look, OSHA, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, they don't have a standard for requiring healthcare and social service employees to implement workplace violence prevention programs. Uh, It would take the agency seven to 20 years to issue a new standard. And that's why this has bipartisan support and, again, should be put up, no questions asked, for a vote. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some more legislation that is sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk that he's not bringing to a vote. Uh, We know why, but you need to know what. And uh, there are three bills specifically. We've spoken of two. We'll talk about one more. And uh, we're also going to talk about a vote coming up in the House That is very, very important and what you as voters can do to help. We'll be back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Our guest is the wonderful and hardworking President Conway, president of the United Steelworkers, the USW. Like I said, check out their website, USW.org, on Twitter at Steelworkers, on Instagram at Steelworkers as well. Holding, We thank President Tom Conway, President of the USW, the United Steelworkers for Holding. Well, we're talking about legislation, three specific pieces uh, that in the past year, the House passed along with over 400 other bills. uh, These three would specifically help U.S. workers. And what does Senator Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, do? Nothing. Nothing. It's an anti-worker Senate. He seems to be an anti-worker leader of an anti-worker party, and they're not even putting these bills to a vote. We were talking about the Butch Lewis Act, the Workplace Violence Prevention for Healthcare and Social Service Workers Act, and uh, now I'd like to touch upon uh, yet another one. Uh, Thank you for holding, President Conway, and thank you uh, uh, for coming back. Um, Let's talk about the Raise the Wage Act, another bill that passed the House, another bill that is sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk. And this one amazes me even more so because you mentioned at the beginning of the hour, President Conway, you mentioned the things that are important to voters. And when you look at the statistics, voters want wages to be increased. They want the minimum wage to be increased. And that's across the board, whether voters are Democrat, Republican, independent, undecided, don't want to affiliate with a party. Uh, This is, again, a no-brainer, a win-win. Let's talk about that Raise the
1: Wage Act. um, America's minimum wage has not been moved in a decade, and and so and and everybody who out there who is a wage worker kind of understands the stagnation that's been going on, and and you know maybe you can get an annual contract that just keeps up with inflation, but no one is getting big wage increases during this recovery, during this stock market boom, during all this talk about um, how corporations are doing. That's not making it to workers. But the idea that in America you can work 40 hours a week and get $290 gross before you're taxed is just sort of flabbergasting. And to think that we're still in that place and the illusion that, well, it's just teenagers or it's just people working, you know, part time or fast food. That's not the case. There are many, many Americans who are having to work one or two jobs because that's the sort of wage that they're getting. There's seven and a quarter, eight bucks, and and trying to live on it and trying to figure out how to pay a rent, how to get to work, and how to take care of the other necessities in their life and, and barely covering food and shelter and, and, for, and, and the, just – comforts and no one's living high on the hog on this kind of thing so so this bill over the next five years by 2025 would increase that minimum wage to 15 bucks and a lot of states and municipalities and cities have are moving that direction and and that's good but the government needs to step in and say, in America, you're not going to work like that for for really a starvation wage. Um, and it's, it's just sort of a cruel wage to leave sit that way. When you think about the other side, and we've watched CEO pay just go and go and go. If anybody ever suggested a maximum wage in America, they'd show up for that vote. But they won't show up for this vote to sort of raise... The, the minimum, so that people aren't living in such, you know, poverty and trying to scrape by, and um, and it and it just highlights the inequality and, frankly, the inequality distribution of power in the U.S. and and um, companies who who don't want to pay anything more than they can get away with. Um, Well, you're
0: you're absolutely right, and and you're echoing the sentiments of the American people. Exit polls showed after the midterm elections when the Democrats definitely had a tsunami in the House, and we might see the same in 2020, um, that in the exit polls, income inequality was huge, and it was something that many uh, on the left, many Democrats campaigned on. Uh, The the other thing that I notice in this Raise the Wage Act is the gradual increase uh, that, you know, bringing the minimum wage to $15 an hour, doing that by 2025. Another thing that I like about it is that it automatically updates every year after that so it phases out the sub-minimum wage for tipped workers. You know, right. like many people, uh, many people, President Conway, I waited tables during college. I had to. I had to. My financial aid didn't cover everything. Uh, I had to be able to pay, what you know, the gap there and the books and uh, waiting tables w- was essential, and I made like two oh one an hour. So as a waitress, I needed those tips. And uh, there are so many people that are in you know fields where you know they, they are tipped, and uh, the, the the tipping makes up you know a majority of their income, such as a uh, food service worker. So I'm, I'm I'm glad that you know it covers that. Um. Also, I want to point out you're the president of a huge union that helps so many union workers raise the wage act. Helps people who aren't in a union, correct?
1: Sure, it does. Look, I mean, we don't have um, contracts at seven dollars and twenty-five cents an hour. Our contracts are are better than that. So this is, but but look, America shouldn't be this way, and and we have an interest in seeing that all workers do well, and and so you know you don't need to be a member of our union in order for us to speak out and say that this just isn't right. And this, it doesn't need to go on. So, you know, we're happy to lend our influence to this and try and um, make a change in this law. I mean, it's just, it's just wrong that people do it, and 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 that companies can get away with with treating people this way. And you know, you you just, it's it's impossible to think about how do you live? How do you live if you're a single parent, or you're not a single parent, a family together with. Two kids trying to get by on that wage, where you're both out working one, two, three, four jobs amongst you and scrambling constantly, dealing with life and kids and moving them around, so you can both try and get scraped together six hundred bucks in a week. I mean, it's just it's it's a mess, and and it's not what our country needs to be. Uh,
0: and I I love the fact that you know. You know, you're saying, look, we care about workers. We don't just care about union workers. We don't just care about workers within our union. And you are absolutely right. When you look at inflation that continues to climb and you see people out there with their pay staying the same. And, and some people who actually work two or even three jobs, especially some in the service industry, that might be a second job. That may be their night job in addition to their day job or weekend job, or they got to work two or three uh, jobs where they get tips because they're they're not getting great tips and, and nobody's looking out for them and the minimum wage is so low. Uh, they're technically, uh, according to the Economic Policy Institute, they're earning 20% less than they did 10 years ago. And mm-hmm. that's the to- that's the amount of time that you mentioned, more than a decade since Congress has voted to raise their wages.
1: That's right. Look, you're in a continual slide and and now you can. Or so keeping up with it, trying to keep it abreast are important that, um, you know, that people have an opportunity to keep their head above water and not just. And and really, society, if they think about this, these people aren't just going away in one way or another when they're not. When they're not struggling that hard, we're going to step in and have to help. And so one way to do it is they're working, pay them decently so that slide doesn't happen. But, um, I mean, it's just leads to so many societal problems.
0: We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have more to talk about. Something uh, that, you know, the House isn't finished voting uh, and all these three bills that we've discussed, they're urgently needed. Uh, They're needed to help ensure fair wages, keep workers safe, and safeguard workers' rights to a dignified retirement. Uh, This Senate continues to be a do-nothing Senate, ignoring these bills and more than 400 others, as President Conway had mentioned, that would help millions of Americans. We're going to continue our conversation with him, and we'll be back. We're also going to talk about another bill that the House is expected to vote on, a key bill that would improve the lives of working people. So stick around. Listen to what it is and listen to what you can do about it as voters. I'm Leslie Marshall. We'll be back with our guest. We'll be back with you right after this. President Tom Conway is in the House, president of the United Steelworkers, USW. Follow them on Twitter at Steelworkers. On Instagram, follow them there as well at Steelworkers. And their website to check it out and check out all the great things they do is USW.org. Back after this.
1: breaks for corporations, $36 billion in tax breaks for small businesses, increase in productivity 42% over the last 10 years. But do you think there's any increase in the minimum wage? No. Five days on the floor of the United States Senate. We've considered immigration issues as we have now. We've considered Social Security issues. We have considered health issues. We're considering education issues. Do we hear from the other side of willingness? As this side is at this moment.
0: What is the price? We ask the other side. What is the price that you want from these working men and women? What cost? How much more do we have to give to the private sector and to business? How many billion dollars more are you asking? Are you requiring When does the greed stop? That was the late great from my home state of Massachusetts. Didn't mean to rhyme there so much. Uh, Senator Ted Kennedy. And that was, ironically, from 2007. President Tom Conway, president of the United Steelworkers, is joining us. Uh, President of the USW. President Conway, amazing. That was from 2007. And if you hear you and others are beating your chest asking for saying the same thing in 2020 correct
1: same story it, it is literally the same story and um, and it's really just a frustrating thing I mean you know we're going to talk in a minute here about the pro act and um, but but we hear so much and there's so much, nonsense that comes out of this administration about making America great again and fixing what's wrong with America. And the truth is, when you look at that time period about when the country was doing well, when there was a sense of security, when people had good livings and sort of the old chicken in every pot and a car in every driveway, That was when unions were strong in America. And union density was at 35, 36, 37%. When a Wagner Act had been passed, when corporations and there was balance between workforces and capital. And those are the times that they keep hailing back to. Now, there was a lot of times about that, a lot of things during that era that were bad as well. And there was a lot of discrimination, and in some ways we've made some progress. But in terms of economic power, and an economic balance, we didn't have the kind of stark inequality that we have now. And when you look at the, the systematic decline of unions and their constant attempt to break people's collective ability to come together, you can look at the decline in the standard of living of Americans across the board in every sector in every way, and not allowing Americans. To join together, to sit in a collective bargaining system with their employer and have a fair discussion about what's good is is a system that's just broken us down and and has this runaway, um, your money to the top at the expense of everyone else. And, and so when people point to the decline of what's happened in the country, you can look at the third of a loss of income into the decline of unions. And 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 union workers do good almost by every standard across the board on wages, on benefits, on health care, on training, on opportunity and and um and why Americans are, are they, they now have them so afraid of unions and afraid to join. And this act will help deal with that. Um it'll it, it won't let them call the kind of mandatory Captive audience meetings that that employees are forced to sit through, Uh, firings that go on. You know, if if someone's trying to organize their, their location and where they work, the boss walks in, picks out the leaders, fire them, and everything else is done. People are terrified, and they stop the organizing drive. And so that employer knows, and his lawyers have told him, well, someday you may have to give them some back pay, but don't worry about it. It's a cheap price now to kill this unionizing drive, and and we need laws to protect workers' ability to join together collectively and sit across the table with their employer and have responsible discussions about that enterprise and what's a fair distribution of of the that they make. And uh, it, it's, it, we're not going to turn this country around without a, a free and independent labor movement. No.
0: Amen. Absolutely uh, to that. Uh, We're talking about the PRO Act, if you've just tuned in, which the House is expected to vote on uh, next month. This would be another key bill that would improve the lives of working people. And as you heard President Conway talk about, the PRO Act is a sweeping labor law reform bill. It strengthens worker power. And how does it do that? It eliminates penalties for union organizing, among other protection uh, for workers. Um, You touched upon the income inequality and truly president conway our economy is out of balance corporation ceos have too much power they've too much wealth we just saw the other day what that seriously a handful of people have more have more wealth than you know billions and billions of, of people throughout the world combined and and like you said the working people know it the working people are sick of it and we know they're sick of it because they're mobilizing they're organizing they're protesting they're striking and and we you tell you tell me you've been a union man for many, many years, sir, and your parents' were union as well. Have you ever seen the, the mobilizing, the organizing, the protesting and the striking at a level in, in, in decades like we're seeing now?
1: No, look, I, I, America and particularly young America is waking up and they're realizing they're getting handed a lousy deal. They're getting stuck with student loans. They're getting handed a climate that they know is not good for them in the long run. And they're being told openly, you're never going to live at the standard of living that your parents did. And so they are organizing. And I believe young Americans want to be able to understand how to join collectively, instinctively, they have a sense of doing that through their social media, and I think they are understanding that instinctively they can look to labor unions as a device to do that. And so we see organizing in high tech going on, we see it going on in the education areas, and those are areas that aren't easy to offshore. If you look at manufacturing, didn't come and try and break the union on the picket line, they just picked up the shop and moved it offshore. And that's how they sort of got rid of um, heavy industry unions. But what's left in this economy can get organized, and young people can organize and drive the minimum wage, and we can eventually drive enough, get enough people in office to stem this trade problem, deal with it in a right way, begin to construct jobs here in America. I mean, if we had not given the tax relief to the rich corporations and the richest of Americans, and instead rebuilt America's infrastructure, we'd have trained and put millions of people back to work, rebuilding the country, which increased its commerce and helped helped it across the board. And instead, we handed that money to people who needed it least when we could have done an investment in this nation. And and done a lot for working class people. So we're so wrong-minded about so much. And the idea that you got to crush unions because workers want to come together and get a fair deal is just as wrong-minded as they come. It's, it's been disastrous for our nation.
0: Well, workers have a choice, and Senate Republicans, we know, could help a lot of Americans by prioritizing workers over wealthy donors and greedy corporations. They're simply, as we know from all of these bills not even being put to a vote, choosing not to do so, not caring about workers, as you've mentioned, rightly so. In November, workers have a choice. Workers can vote incumbents out. Workers can vote for the Democrats in the House that have passed this legislation and, and, and not vote for these Republicans or throw these Republicans out, flip it blue where the blue, uh, you know, politicians have put forth this type of legislation. But what else, President Conway, can workers do? Because workers have a choice in November as voters, but there are other things they can do as well, correct? What can they do?
1: Well, look, right now, this PRO Act is pending in the House, and we feel good about it, but if your listeners can simply go online and go to house.gov and find out who your House member is and urge them to support this. And if we can get this kind of legislation moving, and once it gets to the Senate, we have no illusions about the battles we're going to have, but we've got to get it over there first. And this bill has the right elements to it to re pin our underpinnings in the country and move forward and let people bargain collectively. So I'd ask them, you know, go online, find out who your congressperson is and contact them and tell them to support this bill and get this bill passed.
0: And and people, you can go to house.gov or senate.gov to do that. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse tired of overpriced lunches that under deliver on flavor head to firehouse subs where for a limited time you can get a 499 choice sub choose from a medium smoked turkey virginia honey ham or roast beef they're custom made hot subs at a price ready made to make you smile just 499 only at firehouse subs enjoy more subs save more lives participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery how to show up with coca-cola energy